Ladies and gentlemen, this is your places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Standby lights one and sound one. Camera speeding. Audio speeding. Lights and sound. Go. And action. Good day, everybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was cut awful. Uh, welcome back to <laughs> Pretend World's Real People. I'm one of your hosts uh, who can't do an Australian <laughs> accent to save his life. My name is Tyler. And I'm still laughing and I'm Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was horrible. Oh, uh, no. It's all right. It's all right. We love it. I like uh, I liked the attempt. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, that's why I don't try because it would be even worse. It might sell even better though. Uh, yeah. So, where are we going with this? this I don't intro know. Is this awesome. is the worst uh, intro we've ever had. This is the best intro ever. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back uh, to the PWRP podcast, a podcast for arts workers by arts workers, where we sit down and talk to uh, friends old and new that work in the arts industry to hear more about their stories and their experiences and what life has been like during COVID. Uh, and we have somebody that uh, we've never met in person before that reached out to us. Who do we have this week, Steph? Uh, we have Christian Reed. He is an actor combatant um, in the UK. And he reached out to us like we keep telling all of you people to do. And um, he's fantastic. And we're so excited for you to meet him. So without further ado, hey, Christian, welcome to the show. Hey, Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, we're so excited. Christian is the uh, the first person to utilize our email and reach out about coming onto an episode, and we're super excited about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> if all yeah, of you listeners thought we were lying about wanting to interview you if you email us, we are not lying. Christian is proof. <laughs> oh no, like one email and you guys were very quick in responding yeah it's really nice. like tyler says we're super bored and oh yeah <laughs> have nothing yeah. better to do <laughs> it's one of those hey i got an email yeah oh, sweet okay perfect <laughs> oh man let's do this yeah so christian um why don't you introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do sure uh so my name is christian reed i'm an actor combatant specialist uh, I'm trained in over 12 different armed styles of stage and screen combat. Um, I also own a film company called Fire and Iron Productions, and I have just recently incorporated a classical theatre company called Fleur de Lis Classical Theatre. And that's me. What's up? So, so you're not busy wow. at all. You got nothing, nothing oh, going no, on. No, 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 no. I got, I got, a, I got nothing but time. No, I, I've been. Uh, I've been running around like crazy for a while now. Like it's, it's been fun. Like. Um, both my companies I have business partners with, so uh, working and collaborating with them quite a lot. Um, obviously, under current circumstances, I'm sure it's different over over the pond with you guys. Um, but uh, it's it's been a bit of a gap, and then kind of August of last year, stuff started coming back acting wise. So uh, so recently, in the last kind of easily six months, I've been getting back to things again, <laughs> acting wise. That's awesome. Yeah, we're still in a standstill here. So yeah, it, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens by like fall of this year. But it, you guys are are you just coming out of your third lockdown or are you still kind of in the midst of uh, it? So we're just we're just coming out of it. We they've uh, laid out what they called the roadmap uh, out of 
the final lockdown. Uh, he set a date as kind of going, this is the point where we, we will not be going back by this point. All lockdown procedures and guidelines and everything will be lifted. Uh, so everyone's kind of just sitting tight for another few months, I believe it's in June. And then as soon as June rolls around, that's it. We're, uh, we're completely out of lockdown apparently and we are supposedly not going back, but you know, circumstances and situation might change. Sure. Uh, so you just got to roll with it, haven't you? Um, are you guys like in rolling with the vaccinations and stuff there too? I know we're kind of just starting to get the gears yeah. going out here, but. Uh, yeah, no, we, we, uh, last time I checked, I mean, admittedly, it's been, a, it's been a, a while since I checked up on the state of vaccinations. Um, last I checked, we were moving out of the fifties, uh, mm-hmm. age region. Um, most people that I know, uh, in terms of like the older generations are starting to get their second vaccines, if not oh, have already nice. got their second dose of vaccines. Good. Um, and yeah, they're just starting to move down, uh, each age group now and, okay. uh, my age group won't hit for a while, but yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, we've, uh, we've been going for vaccinations for uh, a while now, actually. Yeah. So. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, how's it, uh, how's it been your guys side? Like, is, is it literally standstill or are you all right? It, it depends on the state yeah. you're in. I feel like. Yeah. Right. Uh, we won't mention Texas. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's uh... A, there's a rager down down in Texas. Uh, yeah, right now, at least for for film, there's still the you know COVID restrictions are still there. There's a lot of productions going into effect, yep. and people are going back into indie work. At least where we or yeah, where we primarily live in in Colorado on the western side. Mm-hmm. Steph's actually in Connecticut right now mm-hmm. um, on the east right. coast. But uh, it, it seems like we're getting to a, a pretty functional place. I know numbers are are going down and mm. our, you know, creative juices are overflowing. So something's got to happen. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. It, it seems. Uh, Steph, what about like theater? Have you heard anything recently? Uh, no, I mean, it's still um, it's still waiting. I think like we really again, commercial theater can't really do anything until there's the um you know herd immunity and mass you know Mm. most people are vaccinated because they won't make any money otherwise so um the most i've heard is is what you you said like fall fall time is the hope for for at least smaller companies to be able to get back into the game but um we'll see so yeah well we we've managed to keep um film at least relatively consistent um throughout most of the pandemic i think it was uh, our first lockdown that really film went a bit quiet but then through second and third it's been nowhere near at 100 percent, but it's at least been somewhat consistent that's good um you know i'm i'm touch wood happy that uh, hopefully um theater is going to come back much bigger and better i've seen a few theater jobs for um the uk starting to appear um, it's mostly outdoor touring theater, but it's uh, so I don't, but I'm sure that uh, everybody's starting to prepare for indoor theater again as well with now a set date going, this is the end of lockdowns. Right, right. So you've got to hope for it. And um, with that in you know, mind, maybe we can jump off the COVID train and jump back <laughs> onto the, the Christian Reed train, but. Um, That'd be awesome. Uh... Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So are you primarily um, uh, a fight i don't know say fight choreographer or or just um uh like work in film with all of that or do you do both yeah. or you lean more towards yeah, theater? um so 
Uh, first and foremost, I'm, I'm an actor. Um, okay. When I say I'm an actor combatant, um, it means that basically I, with my specialist training in such a wide variety of uh, weapons, so I, I've, I've trained in 12 different sword fighting styles, uh, archery, various firearms, uh, all obviously theatrical firearms and such, um, you know, various um, unarmed training and all this kind of stuff. So it means that basically in fight scenes where you might want to get someone else in to come and do it. I do a lot of that stuff. Nice. Um, you know, clarification, I'm not a stuntman. Um, if, if you want to be a stuntman, you have to be uh, registered on the UK stunt register. Um, but I can do certain stunt activities. Um, it's just obviously they're much more qualified in loads of areas uh, in comparison to me. Uh, so first and foremost, I would say that I'm primarily an actor that okay. does fights and stunt work. Um, I've, you know, I've done everything. I've worked on screen. I've worked on stage. I am also a fight director and fight choreographer for film and for uh, stage as well. Um, and yeah, so it, it's really a case of kind of dipping into several areas. But uh, primarily my my main source of income it is from um, straightforward acting. Okay. Wow. But yeah. How... <laughs> Because you brought up a lot of uh, the amount of styles that you have trained in is incredible. Like how how did you hop into that from the acting standpoint? Did, did you have an interest in martial arts or anything like that previously, or was it mainly just like going in? I'm going to you know br uh, I guess adopt as many styles as I can to improve my my resume. Was it something like that, or just kind of fall into it? Uh, so prior to being a professional actor, I was on track to becoming a professional kickboxer. Um, and I actually wow. took, yeah, uh, I've, I've trained in various martial arts styles since I was about the age of five. Um, but I committed hard to the actual career of professional fighting, um, kind of early teen years. I was like, this is, this is the route I want to go. Um, I took an injury to my knee in a tournament, um, round about my 19th birthday. Ooh. And my recovery time was something like, uh, like six, six weeks, I think it was. Um, and I was a bit stupid. I tried to rush my recovery and then I basically, I took a, a kick to the leg, um, and, um, basically messed with my knee bone. Uh, and then as I was trying to rush my recovery, uh, I ended up, uh, causing damage to my patella tendon and no. that put me out for like six months. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. Ow. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that put me out for about six months. And it was kind of in that six month period that I was like, do I really want to take on a career uh, where I'm getting injured? And don't get me wrong, I still have tons of respect for martial artists. I love uh, the fight industry. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's really great uh, industry to be in. It was just for me, I was like, do I really want to pursue a career in this area? Um, when I decided I didn't, I started looking at what else I enjoyed and I was like, I enjoy performing. Um, and so I started looking at acting courses and drama schools in the United Kingdom. And I came across uh, my drama school, which was East 15. And they have a specific course called the Acting and Stage Combat Course, oh, which nice. is full, full actor training. And they train you in 12 different weapon styles, various uh various from you know projectiles to hand-to-hand -hand combat to you know all kinds of stuff and i just fell in love with it almost immediately and from there it just progressed on it was like a marrying of uh, performing and fighting and it just came together and since then i've taken the, my own initiative to seek out other skills and to seek out other weapon styles and fight styles to learn and to develop and grow as a performer that way so yeah that, that's that's pretty much how i fell into uh 
into the world of a, an actor combatant specialist. Wow. So when you, like, you were a kid, like, was any of this even remotely on the table or were you going an entirely different thought um, process I mean, and path? I mean, the whole thing was like when I was, when I was uh, much younger, the head space very much was martial artist. Mm-hmm. It was very much kind of like, I, I, I was awful at other sports. Like I just like rugby. I couldn't mm-hmm. understand why I'm running forward and throwing a ball behind me. Mm-hmm. It just sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what's this about? I didn't get it. Uh, so I tried other sports. I wasn't great at them. And then I got introduced to martial arts at quite a young age. Um, I dabbled with it briefly when I was like, you know, five, six, seven years old, but it was around about my teen years that I, w- that I got back into it. And I just, really took to it really really quickly uh so just from there it just went on and I was like this is this is something I definitely want to do professionally you know you see the fights you're seeing USC you're seeing all kinds of stuff and you're thinking oh the glory uh-huh. uh and you know it, it just kind of took one bad injury from yeah. uh from a tournament that I just kind of went I need to reevaluate really actually look at where I want to go and what I want to do so I thought to myself, getting swords swung at me was probably safer than being in a kickboxing ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that, that 19-year-old mentality where they say, hey, you know what? Six weeks, rest it for six weeks. But six weeks at 19, is it might as well be six months. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's no real waiting. So that that's crazy that it, it just took – and it's honestly one of the worst injuries you could ever – yeah you know suffer from from what i've experienced in the personal training realm i know nothing about knee injuries hopefully fingers mm-hmm. crossed uh but what was your kind of first moment going into this new area of your career where you're you know you're training for the stage and you're you're playing with with swords and learning how to you know like just just handle these weapons was there a moment where you just felt this this surge of euphoria like everyone has a moment of oh my god this is yeah it. Yeah, so uh, so when I went into training at uh, at East Fifteen, they had a um, the three year um, bachelor's degree, which is the acting and stage combat course. And initially, I got accepted onto a one year foundation course, which was more kind of like an introduction to all uh, of the training that was available at East Fifteen. So I did like a term on physical theatre, I did a term with community theatre, and and so on and so forth. And it was when it came to my, I believe it's my third term of my foundation year that we got into stage combat. And, you know, I was, I was in this headspace of, I'm a martial artist. I, I love doing this stuff. I, I've got parkour and tricking experience. I love doing all this kind of stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely take to, to combat like it's nothing. And what I really enjoyed is, yes, there were elements of uh, fighter training that benefited me. And absolutely, you know, there's, 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 stuff in my martial career that did really lend to stage combat but stage combat also it's the art of missing whilst looking like you're doing it and Mm -hmm. that's what really clung to me i was like this is this is different i've got to sell this i've got to make this look so nice and and yeah it was just right in that that um that foundation year that i just suddenly went you know what i want to do this i really want this course i really want to go into this area uh and it took me another two years before i even got accepted onto the bachelor's degree but i was like yeah that's it i I, i'm in for this and uh i was applying for several drama schools when i was going for my foundation year um 
as soon as my foundation year finished, nah, East 15, BA acting and stage combat, that was it. I was like, <laughs> that is my course. That's that's where I need to be training. That's where I should be training. And that's where I want to be training. So, yeah. Um, is East 15 a pretty well-known, um, is it a university or is it a, just uh, so, like a yeah, specific? yeah. So East 15 was an, is an acting uh, okay. drama school, okay. uh, in, in, um, England. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's recently, well, I say recently, it's been a few years now. It was uh, absorbed into the university of Essex, which is oh, okay. uh, like Southeast England. Um, and we, you know, obviously there's a bit of no towing to the University of Essex in, in terms of like academia came into it a lot more. Um, but the actor training is so solid. It's so good. And what I loved about my campus in particular, so there were two campuses, one which was your more conventional actor training. And this was much more experimental, which is what I loved. It was a mm-hmm. lot of we're doing stage combat, we're doing physical theatre, community theatre, world performance. It was some really interesting um, non-conventional training while still having all the benefits of uh, a conventional BA acting course. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of, the, one of the best drama schools in the country. And I, I highly recommend anyone who's interested in training and checking it out. It's such a great school. Right. Such a great school. I love us. <laughs> <laughs> so you liked it, is is what you're saying? <laughs> oh, I mean, it was all right. It was all right. Was all right. <laughs> Did you yeah, no. find yourself excelling? I mean, you say you've done, you have twelve different types of weapons training and all this stuff, but do you find yourself excelling or really preferring one particular style over the others? Yeah, I mean, well, this this is what I was saying about my martial training coming in because I been exposed to handling weapons at a younger age uh, i did find that i take to weapons quite easily like I, I understand the balance of weapons and i'm good at breaking them down just internally and going this is probably how this weapon should be used and how it and, you know getting that kind of natural feel for it um personally i'm uh, and i think it's quite you know indicative of the time period we're in right now where everyone seems to be really starting to lean that way i love a good sword and shield fight like a vikings mm. lord of the rings witcher <laughs> kind of energy a uh, bit yeah big broadsword and a shield kind of energy i love that kind of stuff but you can do some amazing stuff with like um rapiers and small swords and knives and firearms obviously you know it's so nice to have variety that you don't get bored so yeah i i dig a sword and shield fight but no i, I really like um I really like pretty much every every weapon I get my hands on uh, in a professional capacity. Nice. That's a, that's so cool. You everyone has that that moment of uh, I mean whether it's a mechanic, you mm. know, handling a certain tool or you know you like yourself um, studying a certain weapon. That <laughs> I kind of geeked out when you were talking about it. Like I'm picturing <laughs> you. You have this this heads up display inside your mind going, okay, this is where the focal point is. This is the balance. You know, that's just yeah. it's 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 fun to think about and. Yeah, you mentioned you know, Sword and Shield, Lord of the Rings, The Witcher. Have you had any auditions or any, uh, I guess, anything that would progress you towards working in you know, say the new Amazon Lord of the Rings project or the next season of The Witcher? Uh, I'm I'm not allowed to speak on my audition. Uh, Sorry about that. 
Um, I can say, like, I, obviously, I, I regularly reach out to casting directors. Um, and, you know, especially over the last year, casting directors um, have been so generous with their time and offering one-to-one sessions. And it's been really great to connect and meet with several of them, um, which is which has always been really, really lovely. And, you know, you hope you leave a good impression. You hope that, uh, that you show something that even if it's not current, but in the future, there's going to be opportunity to work with them. Uh, which is always which is always fun, but it's always nice to do that. Um, I think the biggest thing that lends to most of the work I tend to do is is just the condi- uh, the conditioning of training is constantly using the time, which obviously we have an abundance right now, to try and keep your skill sets up, to try and keep your training up. Um, you know, it, it's harder without public spaces being open, and it's harder with you know, gyms and these kinds of things being closed to do it. Um, but, you know, working on like a monologue, challenging yourself to learn a new script every week, like just little uh, techniques and stuff to kind of keep you as fresh as possible. And something else that I found really, really helpful is obviously reaching out uh, through my companies, through my own network to, to develop as hard, hard and as much as possible uh, and keep yourself as active as possible in the industry. So, you know, opportunities will always be there. There will always be, as much as doing it wrong. I love The Witcher. I love all of these kinds of things. And I, you know, like I said, I'm not allowed to speak on audition stuff uh, too much. But, um, you know, when it comes to the work, what I love is, again, the variety. There is always something new coming up. There's always something that's going to catch and be the next craze. And yeah, it's a real privilege to get to be in some of those rooms uh, to be seen by casting directors, um, you know, just just for consideration for some mm. of these things. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really exciting. And uh, I'm really looking forward to hopefully connecting with a lot more of uh, American casting directors. Um, so I recently joined Actors Access and I'm hoping that, you know, there's some interest there as well to connect with some casting directors uh, over with you guys, because that would be awesome. Heck yes. I just looked on Actors Access two days ago and there are so many opportunities for a lot of it's Mm. non-union. So I'm not sure what how that works with, you know, especially you being overseas, but a lot of like stage combat work or some sort Mm. of stunt coordinator position that they're looking for or somebody that with, you know, that certain experience. And uh, I just want to go back really quick to, you know, you mentioning we have to really hone in our skills during this time, whether it's doing a a monologue each week or just just training. Do you have a routine uh, each week or maybe each day, something you want to do to kind of keep your skills sharpened, whether it's like, you know, I'm going to stretch here for a little bit. I'll play around with, I see you have a sigh on the wall, uh, you know, just <laughs> some light training here and there. Uh, do you have any? Uh, yeah. I mean, when it comes to like a, a con- I mean, con- a conditioned routine is really hard at the current climate, just because yeah. again, there is only so much you can do in terms of actor stuff. I try and look at monologues, you know, for characters that I think uh, I could play, I try to check out and, and at least, even if I don't record them and put them on social media, I try and learn something for myself just to keep my brain taking over to make sure that memorization skills that actors need is still being used and is still being refreshed. Uh, in terms of physical skills, I mean, again, like I said, with gyms being closed uh, here in the UK, it's been difficult to maintain a physical state um but you know diet and exercise as much as you can to do that kind of stuff um you know and and don't get me wrong like i I don't want to feel like i'm throwing shade or or shaming anybody 
for for not doing it you know it's a hard time it's a hard time to stay creative it's a hard time to keep that routine um but it's you know it, it is really important and i think i think once things start coming down and now that they have started calming down people will start getting back into it um me myself like i said i i look try and look at monologues as often as i can i do as much exercise as i can i eat well uh yes occasionally i get the sigh <laughs> off the wall and uh, spin them around a little bit you know i'll uh, i've had conversations which has been really great with um some film companies and some theater companies of late about fight director work so it's been fun ticking that part of my brain over again and, and choreographing stuff in my room and outside of my garden and stuff like that. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's not so much as a rigid routine, but it's, it's a, it's a routine of opportunity. Mm. Um, anytime that I know something's coming up or I have to put a focus into something, I'm like, right. I, you know, I need to recognize that I've not trained the skill set or I've not trained this area in a while. And it's important, especially when, the majority of people and i hope this isn't too much of a sweeping statement but when the majority of people have kind of seen the dark side of the lockdowns and and have seen the really you know the horrible side of things um it, you know trying to trying to keep that creative love in the air and trying to keep that creative energy uh, in the air and and be as active and, and, and proactive as possible in making sure that when things end and they are going to end it's impossible mm-hmm. for this thing to constantly go on that you are ready that you know day one someone says to you i need you to do this and you go it's been a year since i did this but i can do this you know so yeah it's just it's keeping active and it's keeping proactive that's that's the main thing i would advise anybody who's feeling you know creatively lost right now it's you know write a play do practice a monologue whatever skills you have, get out in your garden, practice them as much as you can. And the more proactive you are in doing them, the less of an effect you're going to feel coming out of these things, you know? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, man. That actually um, inspires uh, a question I've been wanting to ask. And I I had intended to ask it of Amy when we interviewed her, um, uh, uh, but I just, it didn't ever come up properly. But um, as uh, an actor combatant and as someone who also can fight choreograph and whatnot, um, what are some of the like little tricks that you use so that you're not actually stabbing someone so that like, what are the, <laughs> well, you know, like, can you yeah, share some yeah. of the trade secrets? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I mean, one of the key things, I mean, this was what was great about my training as well is my instructor was incredibly safety conscious. And that's one of the first things that you should learn. Um, about stage combat or any kind of screen combat is that the safety is the priority because you're going to do this stuff potentially upward of 10 to 20 times from several angles, you know, over several shows, over several months. It's, you know, it's, it's really important that your safety's in there. Uh, the kind of stuff is uh, primarily it's a thing called distancing, which is um, it, it, if we look at this in the confines of like stage, um, you have an audience, and if you're talking like a standard thrust theater format, your audience is only going to see so far. They're only going to be positioned so far around the stage. So one of the things that's important is to maintain a distance from the opponent that you're fighting against, but whilst making sure that you cut the line of everyone's eyesight. So if I was, for example, trying to do just, let's just say, like a standard right hook to someone's face, and I've got an audience 
pretty much sitting on a 180 degree line behind me. I have to make sure that my preparation comes way back so that everyone can see the preparation. I've got to make sure that that comes around far enough that I'm able to cut the line from everyone who's so close on the right-hand side of me, right around across this my enemy's face and come out the other side of my body far enough that everyone on the left can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big important thing is cutting your line and making sure that you are, you are, I mean, not everyone's going to be impressed. Not everyone is going to, it's going to sell in better in some areas and less well in other areas. But as your job as an active combatant is to recognize that and make sure that you are cutting that line as possible whilst maintaining the safety of distance away from someone, you know, and that's the same concept with any kind of sword fighting, it's making sure that you are acknowledging the distance between you with the addition of a sword and that you are making sure you are selling convincingly whilst maintaining safe distance and whilst making, t- making sure that anyone who is watching your performance believes that you are trying to cut or stab this person with a weapon, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, that, that primarily is one of my biggest things to be like really on, uh, and, and the other thing that I would say is uh, action and reaction. That's always the best thing. You know, any, any fight, you can have someone who is so convinced, so really in that moment and is selling that aggression so well. But if, the, if you throw an absolute killer of a right hook at someone's face and they just kind of go... <laughs> <laughs> you're not, not going to believe it. You know, right, the slightest right. of head turns. Right. <laughs> It's a relationship. It's understanding that both parties in the fight understand the energy, the conviction, the intent, uh, so that the action sells the reaction and the reaction sells the action. It's it's really important when it comes to any kind of stage or screen combat. That is that is a fundamental, absolutely. Now, over over here, everyone shares their uh, we call them uh, pop stories where yeah. something's happened by accident where you're either hit. I have a, an Indiana Jones scar from being hit by a, a quote-unquote padded shovel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a, a story of, of you getting hit on, on stage or on film? Or hitting Ooh. someone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or hitting someone. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm tossing up between telling a story and wanting to work professionally again. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I, I've been lucky enough that I've never been stabbed I and mean, I've never stabbed anyone so far, touch wood. Um, I have had an incident where I was doing a show um, and uh, I was working with an actor, a very well-trained actor, um, and the as it does and it, as it comes with the territory of being an actor combatant, sometimes the intention gets a bit too much. Sometimes you're in the scene a bit too much. Uh I, I basically had to, um, I was being gripped around the neck by someone. I had to fake being held here, exposing my midsection. And this guy had to throw a knee into my stomach uh, convincingly. Um, and he did. He, he, he need me. Um, <laughs> a little too low. I'm going to say that. Oh. I'm going to be very polite about that. Um, oh. and, and it wasn't so much as just an in, it was like an in and an up. So, oh, you know. oh, no. 
there was a you know luckily luckily uh, after that happened i was taken off stage um as part of the scene i i that was my exit um there was a lot of coughing and wheezing <laughs> <laughs> That was fun, but you know, we have a conversation. We we talked it out. I told him that you know I I get it. He's getting into the scene too much. That he it was, uh, you know, but it's his job. He is a trained Mm -hmm. actor, better. And I was like, it's your job to make sure you sell this without actually doing it to me, because. Ow. (laughs) 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 That's that's my that's my funny one. Um, I like yeah, like I said. I've been lucky enough not to not to experience any injuries uh, with weapons, um, and mm. I've been lucky enough not to um, have committed any injuries with weapons on a professional stage. Uh, in training, every so often you nick someone. Every so often someone goes the wrong direction, or someone forgets a move, and you have to pull back. But yeah, you might get them a little bit. But you know, that's an important part of uh, axe combatant training: is understanding that like i said the relationship um you know a lot of the time when it comes to a fight if if you're doing something and that and the person you're fighting with gets hurt i'd argue 80 to 90 percent of the time the person who gets hit is the one at fault they know what's coming they know the choreography obviously if you're just learning it that's another thing and it is your job as the initiator of aggression to recognize if a problem is coming, it, you know, it's, it's that awareness of each other. Um, but yeah, I would argue 80 to 90% of the time, if you get hit, it's because you're doing something wrong. You've changed choreography. You've gone off a different way. You've not compensated for distance. It, it you know, it, it tends to be, it's a very give and take situation. Yeah. And a lot of people recognize that in this industry, uh, you know, sometimes you get nicked. Sometimes you get a bit of a thump. And you have to kind of go, that was my bad, sorry, let's carry on. Or you hope, that, you know, it's like that. Um, but, uh, you know, every so often, yeah, you get someone mucking around. Um, but, you, you know, like, like I said, te- that's like a 10% out of 100% of the time. So it's, it's really, it's really a, just a give and take and, and usually a gentle mistake or, or something like that where someone uh, just did something different in the moment that you can't expect that you couldn't predict and it just happens, you know? So that's, that's, that's where that goes. Um, as a stage manager, whenever I'm doing a show that has fights in it, we always have a fight call before, um, you know, the audience comes in and gives the yeah. actors a chance to run the, run the show and whatever. And we always talk about, um, per, you know, doing it half speed and then like three quarters speed, but never doing it full speed, even in the show, because it, looks like full speed but at least you have more control is that a something you're familiar with and b is that also the case for when you're doing it for film uh that is something i'm definitely familiar with yeah it's i mean i argue when it comes to a speed situation it's it's less important than intent intent Mm. is more what is important in a fight you know you you will sell a fight far better if you intend and show acting ability through your fighting than you do if you just go through the motions at speed. Right. Um, so working at a half speed is great to just refresh everybody. Obviously, if you're like doing a, a morning show, everyone's a bit groggy, you know, it's a good way to wake the body up and, and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and like you say, sometimes three-quarter speed is all you need in a show and it's 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 all that's required of you in a show. So yeah, I, I've totally got that. And you know, that's that's a very solid form of practice. 
Um, I think with film, it's kind of the less less again about speed. Again, it's 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 even more about intention because cameras are closer to you. They, you know, cameras don't act like an audience does, where you have that. Well, you know, if we're not talking about immersive style of theatre, if it's your standard first stage uh, style theatre, you know, there's that fourth wall line of your audience and you. Um, cameras, they get in there, they get in with the crowd, they're looking around at all areas, so it's intent over speed. Um, and, you know, a lot of the things that I found with fighting for film is it's a lot more practical to worry, worry about less about complex choreography and to do much more simplistic choreography because then again you're still selling intent but you can keep it down to about four or five moves and just loop them over and over and over again and still like I said a camera's getting in there it'll look at you from different angles the fight's gonna look different from different angles I mean next time you watch a big group fight if you ever watch like Vikings or Lord of the Rings or anything like that have a look in the background and you'll see they tend to be doing like the same kind of choreography four or five times. Like that's, that's the general rule, but yeah, Yeah. it's intent over speed. It's absolutely intention over speed with, with any fighting scenario. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Flashbacks of all the group scenes I've watched recently. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Those guys were shaking hands. I think they thought the shot was done. Those two were having tea. So what about your uh, your like coordinating positions within uh, film or for the screen? Uh, can you go into any detail about your experience doing that as opposed to uh, prepping for, I know we've talked about stage work and film here and there, but uh, do you have any, I guess, contrasting experiences working on, you know, film um, fight coordination yeah. instead of stage coordination? Yeah. I mean, the thing with, uh, obviously with, with, with choreographing fights for film, it's, in my experiences like I, the predominantly what I tend to do is like either you're going your heavy martial style fighting where it's your spy your soldier someone who has martial experience and uh, you want to sell the fancy flair of that fight and like I said cameras get in and around everywhere so you've got to make those those fights really bounce and really flare up and, and look amazing um, and that again, but the, the magic of film is obviously you can cut, retake, do it from a different angle. And it's fights in my experience with film tend to be a lot quicker. I mean, I'm sure there are more experienced fight directors out there who have worked on a much wider variety of film and, and screen work than me, who would argue, you know, maybe there is other areas of film where fights are longer and they are much more drawn out. In my experience, because of editing, because of um, there being so many necessities with 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 you know sound weather, uh, it, did the camera catch the lead or did someone get in front of him and and you know throw the whole scene out of whack? That fights are on film are a lot more more stop start stop start stop start. Mm. It's a, it's that energy a lot more. It's it's very kind of quick short small bursts. Sell your intent, get on with it kind of their energy. But uh, but yeah, but like I said, it, it's. It, it varies again on style of fighting. It varies on what you want. You know, if you're doing like a domestic fight on screen, you're not throwing martial kicks. You're not doing backflips through tables and stuff. <laughs> you know, you're you're picking up that glass coffee pot and you're throwing it at the wall and someone's got a duck. 
and oh sorry we didn't get seen reset right ready go again <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's very simplistic and uh very kind of short burst in comparison to theater where if you've got some dead space you've got to make sure you're holding that stage whilst uh, a lead or a supporting gets changed into another character you know you you've got to land those fights you've got to sell those fights for much longer than you tend to do on 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 film like your stage time is and you know anyone who's been on a stage could tell you a second on a stage feels like an hour <laughs> you know <laughs> you, anyone who's gone dead and forgotten all about their words on stage suddenly goes <laughs> i was only on stage for five seconds but my life has drained from me <laughs> <You know? laughs> so so yeah so those fight those fight moments uh, in particular are very much about making sure that you are you are drawing in an audience and that you are making sure that those angles are sold the intention is sold because you know and don't get me wrong fight actor combatants and fighters and stuntmen on on screen are incredibly important and they do such amazing work and and in my opinion are underrepresented in terms of like recognition for awards and such and and all that kind of thing they they don't get the kind of recognition they deserve for the amount of work put in um but it, you know there is obviously the assistance of an editing team there's the assistance of the camera can move uh, something and change an angle sometimes they're focusing particularly on one character so you can get away with a little bit of something in the background but predominantly with stage you're there it's live people see you you've got to sell that all the time and you've got to keep consistent with that you know yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i i have to to wonder with all of the, you know, the, the the planning and the amount of detail you go into for, you know, either side of, of that type of coordination. Do you have an, like an influence that you, you follow? Is there anybody that had an influence on you, whether it's a, uh, maybe a, a, a professor from school or a, a coordinator that you've seen on film or on, you know, DVD special features that I'm sure, <laughs> you know, we've all watched yeah. several times through. Is there anybody that influenced how you approach uh, fight coordinate? I, uh, I mean, the majority of what I learned about fight coordination and how to develop the logic of a fight came from my instructor at East 15, um, because, you know, you, it's a place of experimentation. It's, it's a place of trying things, failing, being able to look at it objectively and go, why did that fail? How did that not sell? Uh, and then revisiting it and approaching it the other way. Um, you know, so he, he was hugely influential in that um in terms of i wouldn't say so much in terms of fight coordination but in looking at stunt ability in looking at fighting um you know people outside of the industry oh sorry well in the industry but you know in different areas of the industry have definitely benefited me there uh so you know i, I love uh, a guy called travis wong you guys know travis wong yeah <laughs> yeah i love travis wong um you know jam cast it's awesome uh you know Checking out like some of the stuff Travis Wong does is insane. Like he's, he's, he does some really cool stuff. Um, you know, keeping up with like behind the scenes stuff is really cool to see um, the logic that he puts into fights and how he puts, you know, and he's not talking about it. He's not saying this is how I do this, but you can see how he moves. You can see how he's performing. You can see the logic and the, the thought process that goes into why that makes sense. And, and that for me is a huge thing when it comes to fights. I hate fights that kind of stand alone. 
Mm. You know, fights are there, unless they are intentionally designed that way, fights are there to support a story, to support a character, to support a moment. And it is far more important to sell the story than it is to look cool or have that pretty fight moment. You know, like if I've got someone who is 80 years old, has been going around with a walking stick, you know, for the majority of this film, and then all of a sudden they just draw a sword out the walking stick and are just like, you know, a three musketeer, you know, f- flary and all that, all this. It's, you know, unless there's the, the element of comedy, if the, unless there's the element of, of anything like that, it's, it's not, it's not there to support the story. It's there mm-hmm. as a, here's a fight. And I, I'm, I'm big when it comes to fight coordination about selling stories, story sells. Mm-hmm. And that's what's that's what's important in any kind of fight choreography stuff, um, you know. So Travis Wong, hundred percent, loves seeing his stuff. Uh, my instructor was great about that. My martial arts instructor as well. Like he was, he was really important. He was, uh, you know, he in training as a martial artist. You know, you're constantly being like, you're thinking, you're reassessing an opponent. You're going, this technique isn't working. Why isn't that working? Let's reassess and change the fight up to conquer to beat this particular opponent and i've taken a lot of that mentality into fight coordination because you know again like i said i want to sell story i want to sell believability so when i'm talking about a bruiser who's six foot something fighting a four foot nothing person and that four foot nothing person is not going to throw a killer right hook and drop them. Mm-hmm. So you got to be like, what is the story? How do you make sure that this four foot nothing person can beat this, this, you know, this Leviathan of a character, where is the story? Where is the intention? How does that sell? And, and, and thinking about the logic of that fight um, is something I really took away from my own martial arts experience. And that plays heavily into how I coordinate fights. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I it is. I'm constantly roughing my hair. Like, oh, oh you're good. <laughs> now we have to put it on YouTube. I know, right? <laughs> so, so all the American CDs. We need to cast this guy. He's got it, great hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's constantly in my eye. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Let's talk a little bit about your your theater companies. I'm really curious about yeah. them, and and yeah. I want to get to them for sure. Um, how did they how did they get started, and and what's your plans for them? Sure. Uh, so the first uh, company that I incorporated was with my um, friend and, and colleague uh, Marcus Wood. Um, I met Marcus on the acting and stage combat course at East 15, um, and. It was in my first year at university that I was looking at the third years already who were getting ready for professional work, were going into that professional practice. And something that's quite common, and I think anyone who's been to a drama school setting would tell you is quite common, is a lot of third years want that reassurance of financial support, of that ability to create leaving drama school. And, you know, when you leave drama school, there's no guarantee of work. There's no guarantee that you're going to go straight into something professional. So you want that reassurance. And something that I kept on seeing over and over and over again was uh, a lot of theater companies being created. And I just, I I had to take a minute and I just just kept looking and it was like five theater companies being created by five 
different groups that were all in the same year group. And I was like, all of you have the same background in terms of like a drama school. All of you are following the same drama school actor training, but you're just immediately putting yourselves in competition with each other because you are forcing yourselves to be going for the same places of funding, to follow the same stages, because obviously a young theatre company goes to certain stages. They aren't going to go straight to, you know, the National Theatre and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it just became quite strange to me. I was like, why would you put yourself consistently in competition with someone? And that's what forced me to reevaluate and go, right, what is missing from this area? There's a lot of film presence and there's a lot of stuff in London. Um, and, and East 15 is just outside of London in Essex. And I was like, there is little to no film presence here. And so I turned to my friend Marcus and I said to him, look, I think there's an opportunity here. I think there's a great chance to actually grow and develop something here. Um, and I want to start a film company here, here in Essex. And he, he got straight behind it. And yeah, we, we incorporated, we set up and we've been running now coming up to four years this April is going to be our fourth year of operation. Um, we've got a team behind us now. You know, it, it's really gone from two of us in my university room, sitting at my desk, talking about this idea that was Fire and Iron Productions. And it's now turned into a team with an office, a full editing setup, you know, a studio doing green screen stuff. You know, we, we're working across uh, promotional work, narrative film, you know, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. And yeah, the last four years um, has been a lot of hard work and obviously COVID hasn't helped and has really put us in, in a state of pushed us back some, but we're still here and we're still ready to go. And, you know, we take work globally. It's really something that we're like, we're passionate about and we want to succeed and putting the effort in is, is something that's been amazing. Uh, so that was, that was, that was fantastic. And uh, do you want me to carry on to my other company or you want to ask something about that one? Well, let's talk about this for a second, I think. <laughs> Listen, your smile is too big to not keep talking about this. It just, it's, it's an incredible story. And yeah. within like four years, you've, you've developed this, this company you have and you have an office, you guys are doing, you know, work or managing, you know, work in COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I actually want to ask, where do you want to go in the next let's say like five years with the with this company uh what do you see happening for it hopefully with with COVID restrictions Mm. lessening and things getting a little bit better with the vaccines coming out yeah so so the primary goal of fire and iron productions is to create narrative film so we we are you know we're not a we're not a film financing company we're not a film you know uh, we, we don't do the the elements of like docu series and those kinds of stuff but we're very into the narrative driven stuff. So we really want to push hard and, and make a, make a move and make a real presence in narrative film for independent film in the UK. Um, you know, we want to, we want to push into online series. We want to push into independent films. Um, you know, it's all these, it, it's all stepping stones for all these kinds of things, but we, we, we've always had this kind of goal of making sure that we are, we are a name, we are a presence, and we are something that we can, you know, look back in 10 years time and go, you know what, I'm proud of that situation. And I'm proud of the impact that we had on uh, British film. And hopefully, as that company grows, and as this company um, extends into more areas and extends uh, in terms of the team and in terms of connection, 
hopefully we can push into much larger budgeted films and really make an, an effort to, to provide new stories. Because, you know, again, this is, I mean, this is just a personal gripe. I have a gripe with remakes. I think sometimes you can make a remake and it's great and it's fantastic and it's generationally appropriate. But sometimes I'm like, you guys are making films for the sake of making films. And I hate that. So a big thing with us is we want to make new stuff. We want to make independent films. We want to make films that are, you know, just a new idea or at least a new take on a new, on an old idea, you know, stuff like that. So pushing into uh, really making ourselves a, a presence and a name, a household name in the United Kingdom. And then globally as we go is something that we would love we would love to definitely progress into you know and it's it, it's just through conversations through people um using us using our service and and letting us deliver on what we know we can do mm-hmm. and you know we've got such a wonderful team behind us that really you know especially during this like our early stages they were with us they they, they really supported us when we're like we are young i mean we're still young we're only four years old you know this yeah. is this is not this is not your Disney. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a small for a production company, but we were a production company where we had so much faith. We had so much interest. Um, you know, we took a film out to LA. We were at Burbank a couple of years ago when we won some awards out there, which was great. And, you know, it's, 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 it's so nice to see that there's so much faith in us and so much trust in us. And, you know, obviously that comes with a sense of responsibility. We want to make sure that we are delivering on this and we want these people who've put faith in us and trust in our business and our plan to know that we are considering them and that we are going to take them out of the nine to five job and give them something creative that they can be proud of and that they can say, I helped build that company. So, mm-hmm. you know, lots of plans going on with Fire and Iron, lots of stuff. Really, oh. really, I really want it to survive. I really want it to do well. And I'm, I'm stoked to see where it goes. I really am. I really am stoked. Are you thinking, uh, you know, big picture, picture in the future, um, like uh, having a studio space and all that kind of stuff? Where that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now we, we've got a we've got a small studio space where we operate um, on, a, on a on a green screen. Okay. But yeah, as business comes in, as uh, our name grows, as our reputation grows, yeah. Oh, we we've, we've <laughs> me and Marcus have had plenty of time where we've walked down a street, seen a. Uh, a building block for sale or like an old <laughs> store that's like ready to, to be rented. Sure. We, we've, we've always had those conversations of, Hey, that could be that, that could be this. It could be the fire and iron studio, you know, yeah. <laughs> Just, we'll push that out. and yeah. it's, and then we'll get there. We absolutely will get there. It's, it's, it's time and it's opportunity and that's, that's all we need. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in our ability to progress and grow and become something that's a real name in film. So I'm, I'm very excited where Fire Island is going to go. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible, man. And you know what? You're, you're, you're pushing through, especially through a pandemic with how much yeah. you guys are trying to, you know, just yeah. keep this thing going. Yeah. Absolutely. Once everything lifts, it's going to feel like nothing. Like we got this. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing. Like, obviously, like, uh, I mean, as I'm sure you guys experience as well, like it's, it's hard um, to get, support from you know government support uh, especially around anything to do with the arts Mm -hmm. uh so you know it it has taken a hit on us and it's you know it's like i said it's just become a case of the faith that everyone else has put into us and the hard work everyone else has put in um that has made sure fire and iron was in a position to at least weather the majority of the storm 
of that was COVID. And now that we're coming out, we're looking at the future. We're looking at, right, let's get going. Let's, you know, we had some amazing momentum going uh, pre-COVID crisis. And we were so, we were in such a great place pre-COVID crisis. COVID's hit. It's taken a hit on us, but we're like, you know what? We're not, we're kicked, but we're not down. You know, we're going to get up and we're going to make sure that we come back with lessons learned over COVID about how we can deliver and how we can deliver better. So, you know, I'm, I am, I'm really really excited about where fire and iron goes so watch out for the name yeah well (laughs) and speaking of where does the name come from what what made you guys decide to name it that (laughs) oh yeah well i mean (laughs) fire and iron oh gosh yeah i mean uh we had like a fun period of time where we we were writing down silly names like i'm trying to remember some of them we had i think one of them was like Gladius Productions. <laughs> so, like, like we, we had a lot of fight referencing stuff that was really funny. Um, the kind of the in-joke in the company is that Marcus is the fire, I'm the iron. Mm. He's uh, he's the guy who is he's he's 110% every day. The guy, the guy works so hard, and I'm so proud of him for all the work he puts into Fire and Iron. He is like he he's he lives at 110. If he's not delivering at 110, he's not happy. He he really goes goes in on himself and makes sure that he's delivering 110. Uh, I'm known as the Iron because sometimes the fire needs to calm down. <laughs> sometimes the fire, he you know he's got some ideas. They're great ideas, but then he's got the next idea already lined up, and it's a case of going, whoa, whoa, whoa let's talk about that idea, uh-huh. and we'll get to that one. So. Yeah, I wait. I hold him down. He keeps things burning. That's oh, that's, that's what awesome. I love that. That's great. <laughs> so, uh, what about your your other company? Can we talk about your other company for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this this company was born uh, in January of this year. Oh. Um, towards the end of my third year at university, um, we had a module. We we had to write and perform a fifteen minute show. Uh, there was an original piece of work and something like that. Uh, I have a huge love of classical history and I, I really enjoy underrepresented people in history and I really enjoy uh, areas of history that are untold or are told in a different light to what is your conventional Western eye. Um, and so I wrote a show called Heirs to the River um, which I am bringing out soon. I'm, I'm working currently on a full two-hour version of this show, um, which was based in 1820s New Orleans and follows the rise of Marie Laveau to becoming the voodoo queen of New Orleans. Oh. We really went in on that. We went in on, on uh, voodoo as uh, the religion, researched it really well, um, took a bit of artistic license in terms of scenario and creativity, and we put that on. And uh, that, that was really well responded. And I, I just took that show and I was like, I really want to do something with this. I really want to put this on. I feel like there's something here that we can grow and, and develop and really make something that something people will want to see. Um, but I knew I couldn't do it just as myself. I was like, this has to go through a theater company. And I reached out to some people. I talked to them and they kind of just, they either weren't able to do it or they wanted to take the script and change it. Or they wanted to mess with it and they wanted to make it more of a money-making show rather than a the show that I wanted to put on. So I just said, you know what? 
I want to make my own company again. I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and I'm going to make this show and it's going to happen. And so I reached out to uh, another colleague and, and schoolmate of mine, uh, Megan Barnes Rolf, uh, who was in the original Les the River 15 minute show. And I told her, I said to her, look, I want to do this. I want to focus specifically on classical theater, um, you know, doing everything from Shakespeare uh, right through um, Roman, you know, Amazonians, going all the way through history, um, pulling up to round about the 1920s is kind of where I wanted to cut off. Um, but also taking original works that were set in that kind of time period as well. And she was totally behind it. She was like, this sounds great. This sounds like something we can really do. Um, and she said to me, she was like, what, what's inspired this? What's created this? And I was like, it's Heirs to the River. Heirs to the River is what I wanted to create out of this. And obviously we knew that New Orleans, uh, you know, was somewhere where the fleur-de-lis is a very important symbol. So we were like, let's call this the fleur-de-lis classical theater company. And there you go. We were like, oh, that's it. Love uh, it. So we are, a, we are a purely classical theater company setting stuff, everything from the ancient world right up to the 1920s, doing original works in that time period. Um, but we have a heavy focus on stage combat, on uh, stunt ability and on aerial performance as well. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see your conventional Shakespeare on stage kind of as you have before. It's going to be instead of, oh, that monologue where they're talking about a war, you're going to see the war. We're going to put the war on stage. The swords are coming out. There's going to awesome. be some stunts. We're really excited about it. And yeah, we're really, we're looking to grow the amount of actors um, that have stage combat ability. So we're going to be um, exploring that area and reaching out further with that area. So, you know, we're going to be encouraging people to come and train with us to learn stage combat abilities from beginners to advanced. Um, and then we're going to put on these shows and yeah, we're going to bring something something visually amazing whilst really honoring these classical tales and these unspoken uh, classical people in history. So again, Fleurdely, something, it's new, it's exciting, and I'm very, very, very interested in seeing how uh, how that goes as well. Yeah. And uh-huh. just so I'm clear, you, you'll do original work like your piece, but also then that boring guy Shakespeare and other cla- <laughs> other classical pieces and stuff as well that are I mean, already. I mean, that boring guy. One of the fathers. <laughs> fathers of the I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Philistine. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we, yeah. We'll be taking uh, the classic works. So your uh, Shakespeare's, your Oscar Wilde's, uh, Hemingway, cool. all of those kind of works that are, are your more classical pieces. Um, but yeah, if anyone writes something that is set 1920s back, we're interested in hearing about it. You know, we are definitely, uh, we've already lined up several shows that we're, we're going to prep and plan for. Um, so, but we're take, we've got some original works mixed in with that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really, you know, obviously touch wood, everything goes to plan. It's going to be really interesting and really different and hopefully like you're saying, when someone thinks Shakespeare, they don't think that's that boring guy. Mm-hmm. They're going to think, okay, it's Shakespeare, but it's Fleur de Lis doing Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the Fleur de Lis show. Yeah, you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to have Lady Macbeth disappear behind a curtain, kill the king, and then come back going, ah, oh, look at the blood. No, no, you're going to see that fight on stage. You're going to see 
all of it and it's going to be real like raw true gritty kind of take on on classical work so we're really really excited about where that goes that's awesome and do you have a uh, a venue in mind for for the company or, you, or right now are you kind of just kind of exploring the ideas of, of where to to have that show premiere uh so obviously we we haven't got a, a theater in mind we've got some spaces in mind um, but again, it comes down to budgeting and all of that yeah. kind of stuff and making sure that we are in a position to afford um, which theater venues we go into. We've got a plan in place about how to raise funds. Like I said, we're going to be reaching out to actors uh, about taking courses with us to learn stage combat abilities. Um, you know, and we're going to be doing that regularly and consistently whilst also putting on shows. Um, you know, we're going to really go in on on bringing Shakespeare across the UK and then from there I mean like I said it's a five-year five-year plan but you know potentially cross over into Europe potentially cross over stateside start bringing stuff to other areas and really like I said show you guys that it's not boring history that it's not going to be any of these 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 characters and these plays where you're thinking oh god am I going to sit here for three hours really listening to this no, you're going to be drawn in from the get-go and you're going to be like, wow, that's not what I expected to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, so we're, that's, that's really we're, exciting uh, yeah. to think about. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I don't come from a theater background. So before, mm. I mean, before I met Steph, I thought, you know, oh, I have to go see this play. This is going to be, it's going mm. to be awful. Until I saw in Denver this Lucha Libre uh approach to it was it was one of Shakespeare's works I can't remember what it was it was in college but I was completely just suckered in I wasn't zooming out I was I was into it so I think projects like yours where you're bringing this this energy into you know original works and some works that you're you're adapting that's going to bring people out of the work even faster that that's incredible and we want to if you start an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter for funds we're sharing that across the board. And people oh my will- God, that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we, we're definitely going to be bringing out like crowdfunder situations to help support these shows and to help support the workshops that we're putting on. So yeah, if you guys are happy to you Absolutely. Know, reach out and promote that stuff, that's amazing. And we, we'd Heck really, yeah. really appreciate that. That'd be awesome. Oh, I want to see you succeed, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, <appreciate> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. No, I really appreciate it. Like, like I said, it's, it's, you know, there's some amazing people in history and, there's some amazing stories in history um, that that either are told in a very conventional way and a very standard way that often take take people make them switch off and, and stop thinking about it and they're like I'm just watching this guy that I kind of understand but don't really understand but I'm like you know we've progressed in theater we've progressed to a stage where like I said fights are story supporters. And I, I can't count how many times I've gone to a stage production and watched something and a fight's come on and I've gone, oh, that's awful. And it's just so <laughs> separate from a show. And I'm like, if you bring the real grit and real world of, uh, of, of, the, of classical periods like this on stage, you know, history, whilst it's got some amazing and wonderful stories, it's a violent time and there's a lot of opportunity there to really dig into some stage combat trained fight opportunities some stunt work you know i mean we it's really gonna go 
big. I can't express how big it's going to go on these fights. It's it's not going to become all about the fights, but these these the uh, the visually spectacular side of these shows is going to be insane. We are really making sure that when we do this, it's done right. And mm. yeah, I'm very excited for for everyone to to get an opportunity to come see these shows because it's it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I want to make sure we get into, uh, my favorite question of the podcast, um, uh, before we yeah. run out of time. Um, what is your go-to party story that you like to tell uh, people, you know, either other mm-hmm. actors and whatever people who like, you know, your, your, your grandma that would never have seen or understand what your job is. And you tell them like, this is something <laughs> I do. And this, isn't this crazy? Oh, right. Uh, uh specifically about my job um uh, what is the go something that's story? happened on set or in, in rehearsals or anything yeah or it, during a fire and iron creation who knows uh oh wow okay um i'm gonna go going, going thinking about that one um but what what stories i mean in terms of like fire and iron we uh in our early years we built a green screen studio from scratch we took an empty room and built a green screen studio from scratch and our first attempt at it was was god awful it was uh <laughs> it, it was you know we, we were there and we were like okay this is gonna work it's gonna look great it's gonna be great uh we did actually a fight scene in there and <laughs> one of the actors um took a step just a bit too far back and just brought the whole thing down. <laughs> uh, brought the whole green screen down, which was fun. Um, we, we had a laugh about it because we, we actually imposed some stuff in the background just to see what it looked like. And it was just funny. It's like such a world. And then the world just tore down, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, yeah. In terms of personal actor work, I mean, me just turning around to saying to someone, I got a degree in sword fighting often triggers an interesting, <laughs> interesting sure. response. Everyone's like, oh man, I was in the library all day. I had to do my dissertation. I had so much classwork and all this. What did you do? I learned how to make a blood bag. That's what I learned how to do. What did you learn to do? I learned how to stab someone convincingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, you know, it's, it's always fun when people are like, what does an active combatant do? And obviously getting into the technicality is always fun um and and really important for people to understand what the that we are actors and that actor combatants are not just fighters like obviously fighting is something heavily that we do but uh, we are actors first and foremost and we are pursuing careers as actors unless we choose otherwise um but yeah no it's it's always fun to see the look on someone's face um (laughs) when they say so so what did you do today well, today I got kneed in the face so hard I spat out a bunch of blood. I'm okay, though. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Always fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always I, weird to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What my dad always teases me about with going to college for four years for, you know, uh, basically make believe or like I took a I took a beer and wine tasting class and he was like, great, glad I spent, you know, however many thousands of dollars for you to do that. And I'm like, yep, thanks, dad. Yep, appreciate it, dad. 
You're great. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's, a, it's, it's very funny when, uh, when my parents, uh, when, I, when I initially was taking up the, the stance of I wanted to go into uh, professional acting, um, the conversation with my mother was fantastic. It was, it was this kind of like, so you're going from wanting to get kneed in the face professionally to getting pretending <laughs> to getting kneed in the face professionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but mom, it's so good. Yeah, mom, don't crush my dreams. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ah. safer. <laughs> They're not actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to block this time. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's 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 a great industry. I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I've been blessed enough to to do it full time since leaving training. I haven't had to take a nine to five job um outside. And obviously I've been able to run these companies alongside with my business partners. So I've been in a real blessed uh, situation, especially even though this pandemic, like even even though this pandemic, I've been blessed enough not to have to take a nine to five job, awesome. um, which has been really nice. It's been really nice to maintain uh, quite a level of uh, consistent uh, creativity throughout all of this. It's been really good. Yeah. And that's the dream, right? You, yeah. you don't sacrifice Absolutely. your your uh, mental welfare, welfare to you to pay the bills and forget your dream. So that's Absolutely. like hats off Absolutely. to you, buddy. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously, you're you're living the dream while the rest of us are, are like, like what, what can I do to get to where yeah. he is right now? Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah, taking mean, off my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's there's obviously there's still so much more room for me to grow and I, I'm really looking forward to uh developing and growing in this craft and, and growing as an actor, as a fighter, as a you know, creative. Um so yeah, I'm really excited to see how this this industry takes me further on because I, I am still in my early years. And I'm still uh, nowhere near where I want to be. You know, I've got I've, <laughs> I'm very ambitious in myself, and I know I am. But I also wholeheartedly believe that I can get to everywhere that I have ambitions for. So I'm very excited to see see what I can do and when when given opportunity. And yeah, I, it's, it, it is something that I, I, I know I can grow in. I know I could have still so much to learn about this industry um, to, to, to be considered in myself successful. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And I think it's important that everyone stays hungry to learn, hungry to grow. Because if you get to a point where you're like, no, I'm done, that's, that's me. I mean, get a different job. Mm. Like this isn't the industry, grow. You always got to be learning. You always got to be growing. And you've always got to be looking for the next opportunity to go, wow, I did that awfully. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> and you know what? That, that goes along with, uh, you know, our, our next question, which is, do you have any advice you'd want to give, you know, either someone who is in the arts right now trying to make it work or someone who's trying to get into the arts? Do you have a piece of advice you'd like to instill upon our listeners that will hopefully keep them going and keep them hungry? Sure. Um Whatever I mean, I, I I have been asked this question a few times when I've done like podcast interviews, and and I always come back to the same thing. I I, I don't want to give a motivational answer. I, I prefer something that's practical, something that I'm like, this is something that will definitely help. That I've seen evidence of it helping. Acting is so important that you have good marketing materials. Mm. It is so important that you have good marketing materials. Anyone can say, I can do this. Anyone can write on a piece of paper saying, I can do this. The best thing in my experience has been show them. Don't tell anyone you can do something. Show them. 
get the if you if you're like i can play this character get a headshot suggesting and showing that you can play this character i'm not saying dress up in costume but i'm saying if you're saying i can play the aggressive um thug character get get wear clothes that suggest that aggression wear clothes that suggest a character rather than actually dress as a character Mm -hmm. you know if you've got physical skills like stage combat like horse riding high demand skills get footage get good footage of you doing them you know put the time in invest in yourself it's not cheap i'm completely sympathetic to that it is not a cheap thing to do but you gotta look at the return your investment in your marketing and your investment in your your physical skills reels your show reels your you know any any kind of marketing material where you are showing you and showing your skills off, the better it looks, the better your chances are of being seen. Mm. You know, I'm not saying it's going to get you a job, but I'm saying that if a casting director, in my experience, again, this is only my experience, looks at someone's marketing materials and goes, you know what, I can see them playing that character. Let's have a look at them. And then it's your job to 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 reaffirm that. But, the, you know, there's a reason we have headshots. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that the first thing anyone needs is to see a headshot is because they need to see and look at you and go, I can see that character in you. If they're saying this character has a ton of fighting in it, I want to see that you can fight. I want to see that this stuff. So I think it's really important to anyone who's listening, guys, really invest in yourselves you don't have to do it all at once. You don't have to throw, you know, hundreds of dollars into this stuff all at once. But please invest in yourself over a period of time. Budget, mark out time when you can pay for these marketing materials, when you can pay for these great headshots, when you can pay for these these footage uh, reels. Take jobs, you know, not for free. I don't, I do not condone free work. But take work that you know you can get showreel material from, you know? And I, yeah, I, I always say to people, when you're going into this industry, whether you're starting out, whether you've been in this industry for ages, but you feel like you aren't really working at the potential that you could or should be at, look at your marketing materials. Look at how well you are selling yourself to this industry mm-hmm. because you are your own business and the business relies on its marketing. So sell that business and the better you sell it, the better the return will be. I guarantee it. I really do. See, see listeners, this is why he has two companies. (laughs) This is, this is why he is succeeding. Absolutely. That is amazing. Thank you for that. Yeah. Great advice. And you know what, with advice like that, sometimes it it takes five to 10 years for someone to hear that, Mm -hmm. you know, or even to, to fully believe in that. So yeah, invest in yourself for sure. Oh my God. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. Appreciate and it that, applies to just your personal life too, y'all. <laughs> yes, <Straight laughs> it up. does. Straight up. Invest in yourselves. Yeah. Take that time. Take that time for yourself to make sure you are mentally and emotionally and physically well. Absolutely. You know? Mind, body. It's one word. Everything works in, in consequence with each other. So look after yourselves, guys. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for that, man. That's awesome. Our- I know we've talked a lot about um, all of your things, but do you want to kind of give us a list of, of what you'd like to uh, promote and, and we, yeah. you know, we can make sure we shout out. Yeah, absolutely. guys. I mean, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter in all the respects. 
for my own personal stuff, if you want to see more of what I do personally as an actor combatant, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Christian underscore R3ID. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Christian Reed Actor. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore R3ID. Uh, if you want to find Fire and Iron, same thing, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Fire and Iron Productions on Instagram and Facebook, but on Twitter, we're at Fire and Iron Film. And if you want to follow Fleur de Lis and all the amazing stuff that we're about to bring out with that, on Instagram, it's at Fleur de Lis underscore theatre. If you follow followers on Facebook, it's at Fleur de Lis Theatre. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Fleur DL underscore theatre. And just to remind you all, it's the British way of spelling theater. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I prefer that way. I always spell it that way, but I'm going to go ahead and correct my, uh, my notes here for the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love that. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I, we've had, you know, that brings up such a funny point because we've had, I don't know who I've had this had this conversation with, but in my brain, even though I like the R-E spelling better, I go, E-R is like the actual theater building. Right. R-E is the art of. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I always go English. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the correct way actually <laughs> it, it came from us guys so yep. we know how to spell it <laughs> yep, exactly. oh, i love that i love that so much the, <laughs> being a fan of of theater and, and english film projects that's the reason i'm misspelling favorite and color in the states <laughs> I, keep, I keep putting the u in there and then it just comes up oh autocorrect oh dang it all right yep i'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm over not there. Actually, British. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, our emails must have played hell with you guys. Honestly. Oh, you know, I love it, it. it's 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 like it's like hearing your your accents and reading the emails. We're paying far more attention to you than anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna reread this email. I can I can hear the accent as I'm reading. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'll have to work on my uh, work on my American accent. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how well it's going to sell to you guys. I, I think I'm pretty good at American. But yeah. <laughs> hey, when when you when you come over here, we'll have to. We need a we need a meetup with all of our, right. our UK yeah. friends and yes. and That'd you know awesome. give you a, give you a tour of the the western side of the states. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I got loads of family out stateside and friends out stateside. It's yeah. Anytime I can come out back to the US, I'm 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 totally in for it. Let's do this. definitely i love it that'll be so fun (laughs) you and amy and we're just gonna keep collecting a lot of uk friends i feel like this for some reason this podcast is doing really well in the uk (laughs) so we're just gonna keep keep collecting you guys (laughs) yeah i know i mean me me and amy know each other for uh, a few years and so it's always fun and i'll be like hey amy we're going to the u.s yeah (laughs) perfect Uh, uh well, thank you so much. We're so glad that you reached out to us to because this was great. We uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. This was no, awesome. I, re- I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to actually speak with me about this stuff. Like, Definitely. so it's always nice to to talk with uh, other creative minds about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely good luck. We're going to be following you on all of those things. We'll promote yes. you on all of those, um, all of our Instagrams and things like that. Um, but we like, 
we'll definitely want to make sure we're following up with you because um, we both we both have pretty good intuition about people. I feel like, and and you you're going places, my friend. So oh, yeah. um, that's just real sweet of you guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> Have you heard um, from Christian? No, he he just I think he deleted our numbers. <laughs> he's, he's too good for exactly. us now. He's too he's too fancy now. Yep. Uh, we spelled Peter wrong once yeah. and he never spoke to us again. <laughs> offered me coffee instead of tea. I was outraged. <laughs> Thank you once again for for listening. Um, we really appreciate you, and we hope that you're uh, always enjoying every episode we put out there. Um, please continue to like and subscribe, um, rate and review us. Um, the more listeners we get, the more people we're going to reach, the more cool stories we're going to have. So. Um, with that being said, if you would like a free sticker, please um, review us on whatever podcast app you use. Let us know uh, that you've reviewed us. Uh, send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. And um, we would be happy to send you a thank you sticker for reviewing us. Also continue to follow us on all of our social media. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at pwrppod. Um yeah, and, and you can keep up with us on all of those things. Yes, and if uh, you are like Christian and you'd like to have a chit-chat with us because we're super fun and cool to be around, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com to share your story or maybe your, your passion for the arts because that's truly why we're here. We're just trying to share our experiences and our passion for the arts with each other to remind ourselves that these jobs are still jobs and they're very Absolutely. important to everyday living. So uh, yeah, if you'd like to get in contact with us, email us at Peter, not that, uh, email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com and we'll get back to you within 90 seconds because we are very underemployed. Yeah. All right, Christian, you ready to do an awkward goodbye with us? I'm always open to do an awkward goodbye. Let's do this. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.